It's time now for The Complete Story, a public news and information feature of BOT Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bott, with today's Complete Story. Well, you know, Rich, uh, the truth is I started in radio in 1952. That's 67 years ago. But the one thing about being in radio was that I've always been inquisitive. I've always wanted to look into things. I've always wanted to, as a kid, want to know things. How does it all work and that sort of thing. So in 1952 was my first radio job. That's 67 years ago. But Bot Radio Network started in 1962, 10 years later, as a Christian broadcast network. That's how we look at the events and the time and the things that swirling around us from the Christian and biblical perspective. Some things have changed over the years and some things remain the same. Yes, that's right. And the cornerstone is Bible preaching and teaching, teaching the Word of God faithfully and good, solid Bible preaching. That's kind of the beginning point, isn't it? Well, that's the key because the Bible is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then from that point, folks, are you listening? What about this subject of abortion? What does it mean? How could we get our arms around that to grasp what it is? Because there's certainly a lot of discussion, certainly a lot of opinions, certainly a lot of talk. But what is the truth? And then you go from there also. Family. What is a family? A mother and a father and then the children. And then what values does that family have? All of these things come right smack out of the Bible. So we have in our Christian news and information programming, we have wanted to allow our audience to see what we feel, what we believe, and how the Bible really addresses those issues. It's not politics, folks. It's policy, and it really isn't policy. It's what you believe in your heart that you have gathered from the Scriptures as you've studied them. Isn't that about That's it? right, Dad, because you want to build your life on the solid rock of God's Word, not on the shifting sands of cultural relativism. Yeah. Now, I tell you what, when this fellow Donald Trump was elected president of the United States, because I go all the way back to Dwight Eisenhower and, and all the way through, and a president of the United States was just exactly what that implies. But all of a sudden, this fellow Donald Trump was elected Nobody expected that. But where did the hate come from? Where did the hate come from? Where did the anger and the determination to knock him down, take him out, and everything else? Because I've been watching. I've been watching the political scene, or should I say the government, the Washington from the state level, and the national government, so on and so forth. And when you get two forces two forces battling, you kind of have to wonder if there isn't something underneath that is the real source of anger and hatred. Now, I want the folks to hear during this broadcast what President uh, Trump said in his... uh, In In the State of the Union address. Absolutely. And here's one that he brought up that just thrilled my heart but made a lot of people angry. We are upholding the sanctity of life. Sanctity of life. (laughs) 
And we are doing that like nobody has ever done it before from this position. And we're pursuing medical breakthroughs to save premature babies because every child is a sacred gift from God. Yeah. You know what? And that's just not words. That's taught in the Bible, for goodness sake. Christmas certainly shows that and everything else. But then you have to process it in your mind and, and make your own decision. Do I really believe that? And am I, am I willing? You see, slavery was like that. A lot of the Jim Crow stuff was like that. The Holocaust in Germany was like that. And I'll tell you, Rich, uh, speaking of the Holocaust, this is the 75th anniversary since Auschwitz was liberated. Isn't that something? My goodness. Never and yet, forget. And yet there are people now that are saying there was no such thing as a Holocaust. It really didn't happen. But I remember if it wasn't for Winston Churchill. Now listen to me, folks. Winston Churchill was not your polite country club uh, type politician in England or anywhere else. He was kind of rough cut. He kind of spoke the words that he felt. And he brought England to really feel what it means to win and to fight and to conquer and defend themselves. So anyway, as I have watched what has been happening now since Donald Trump was elected, I cannot imagine what it is that the hatred and everything and the animosity stems from if it isn't for his keeping the promises that he made when he was running. Now, education of every boy and girl, every boy and girl, absolutely. The sanctity of life is one thing, and then you've got to raise them and give them the knowledge they need to go on with their life. And who should make that choice for the education of the boy or girl other than a parent? And that has been rattling in the cage for a long time now. But this is what he had to say. The next step forward in building an inclusive society is making sure that every young American gets a great education and the opportunity to achieve the American dream. Yet for too long, countless American children have been trapped in failing government schools. To rescue these students, 18 states have created school choice in the form of opportunity scholarships. The programs are so popular that tens of thousands of students remain on a waiting list. One of those students is Janiah Davis, a fourth grader from Philadelphia. Janiah. <laughs> Janiah's mom, Stephanie, is a single parent. She would do anything to give her daughter a better future. But last year, that future was put further out of reach when Pennsylvania's governor vetoed legislation to expand school choice to 50,000 children. Janiah and Stephanie are in the gallery. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here with your beautiful daughter. Thank you very much. Because I am pleased to inform you that your long wait is over. I can proudly announce tonight that an opportunity scholarship has become available. It's going to you, and you will soon be heading to the school of your choice. Now I call on Congress to give one million American children the same opportunity 
Janiyah has just received, passed the Education Freedom Scholarships and Opportunities Act, because no parent should be forced to send their child to a failing government school. And that's the truth, folks. If the school is failing, if the school is failing, why shouldn't the parent have the choice to have that son or daughter into a school that's not failing? That's the issue, isn't it? Otherwise, they're just a prisoner of their own zip code. Do you care about kids or don't you? Do you want them to have a future? Do you want them to have a dream? Do you want them to grow up being self-sufficient and then going on with their life from there? For goodness sakes, folks. And, you know, it's interesting the way he referred to government schools. Well, government schools or parochial schools or, or Christian schools or whatever they are, it's the parent's choice right? because they know the child best and they want the best for the child. So anyway, uh, now listen to this. Listen to this. I want you to hear the next thing that thrilled my heart in his address. In 2017, doctors at St. Luke's Hospital in Kansas City delivered one of the earliest premature babies ever to survive. Born at just 21 weeks and six days and weighing less than a pound, Ellie Schneider was a born fighter. Through the skill of her doctors and the prayers of her parents, little Ellie kept on winning the battle of life. Today, Ellie is a strong, healthy two-year-old girl sitting with her amazing mother, Robin. In the gallery, Ellie and Robin, we are glad to have you with us tonight. Ellie reminds us that every child is a miracle of life. And thanks to modern medical wonders, 50% of very premature babies delivered at the hospital where Ellie was born now survive. It's an incredible thing. Our goal should be to ensure that every baby has the best chance to thrive and grow just like Ellie. That is why I'm asking Congress to provide an additional $50 million to fund neonatal research for America's youngest patients. That is why I'm also calling upon members of Congress here tonight to pass legislation finally banning the late-term abortion of babies. You see, and our producer, they had to cut off the extended applause that went on and on and on. But, Rich, that wasn't everybody uh, in the chambers during his speech. Some of them were sitting on their hands. Some of them had a frown on their face. Some of them didn't like the message. That's just the way it is. But I want Bot Radio Network listeners to know what we liked and what we stand yeah. for. And it was really a wonderful, enthusiastic lift of a spirit, wasn't it? Remember the mother of that little Ellie Schneider, when he mentioned the ban of late-term abortion, she pumped her fist up in the sky, yeah. up in the air. <laughs> well, that's her little girl. That's right. When that little black girl stood up with a smile on her face, and then when her mother heard that not only was she going to get whatever the president referred to, but the right to go to the school of her choice. Yeah, that scholarship. Now, who is the Secretary of Education? Betsy DeVos. Betsy DeVos. And Betsy DeVos. Now, we've known her family for years. And believe me, she's committed to the freedom of every child 
to no longer be locked into a zip code of a failing school, but to be able to break out and fly and soar to whatever extent is possible. That's what we that's what we were encouraged by. That's what I think all of America is encouraged by. They're not encouraged by Donald Trump's rough language and some of the words he uses, but my word, our culture is not getting good folks, it's getting worse because even the TV newscasters and commentators, they're all using language they wouldn't have used a few years ago. Um, but now listen to this on religious liberty, what he has to say. In everything we do, we are creating a culture that protects freedom and that includes religious freedom. In America, we don't punish prayer. We don't tear down crosses. We don't ban symbols of faith. We don't muzzle preachers. We don't muzzle pastors. In America, we celebrate faith. We cherish religion. We lift our voices in prayer and we raise our sights to the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? so who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? All I know is by their fruit, do you know them? Here's a guy that keeps his promises. He puts words out and then he follows through. How on earth can you not applaud if you think those are things that you believe and that you support? And when he mentioned tearing down crosses, there these are lawsuits that make it all the way to the Supreme Court. That's why judges are so well, important. The Christian law from Kelly Shackelford, hasn't he? Hasn't Kelly Shackelford and all of the other Christian law firms been fighting that across the country for years? But not one president has really said, I'm on your team. I'm with you. Count me in. Now listen to this on prayer in public places, including schools. To protect faith communities, I have taken historic action to defend religious liberty, including the constitutional right to pray in public schools. Now people say, well, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a good idea. But isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that they open uh, uh, Congress and the Senate and all sorts of things, the, the Supreme Court, you know? And I remember, see, that's one of the things about being an old-timer. I remember when it wasn't even a question whether a person could voluntarily offer a prayer in a public school, on the street corner, in here, there, or elsewhere. And then all of a sudden, it starts in. we got to clamp down on Christianity. we got to clamp down on the freedom of religion. And, and everybody then is working against the other guy. And they love to keep that stirred up, don't they? You know, Dad, that was uh, in 1962 when that Supreme Court came through, banning prayer and Bible reading in public schools. Yeah. That's when Bot Radio Network started. Now, hopefully and prayerfully, that is beginning to change. Okay, Mr. Producer, what is the next one? All right, let's have that next one. I want to hear this. We are upholding the sanctity of life. Sanctity of life. And we are doing that like nobody has ever done it before from this position. And we're pursuing medical breakthroughs to save premature babies because every child is a sacred gift from God. Oh, wasn't that something? 
I want to mention this, Rich, because um, the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, have just won, you know, the uh, World Tournament. That's right. That's our hometown team in now, Kansas who, City, who, but it's the Kansas City Chiefs, the world but champions. But it was interesting to me to see the coach. Who is that person? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. A little overweight, or one would say kind of a kind of I notice that because that's the way I am, you know, and a little old. If you were to line up several people and say, which one do you choose now as the coach? Maybe you wouldn't choose the old guy with a with a belly that's a little bit more than so on and so forth. But he's the one that gave the team the spirit to win. And what's in his head and what's in his heart. That's right. Now, that's the kind of leader I want. That's the kind of leader I want to lift the spirit of the people and give them hope and give them motion and give them absolutely the desire to struggle, to climb, to work, to make it happen. And the leader does that. How nice it is to have someone in the White House who will do that. Wow. And then, of course, here's another one. Now, this was... uh, Let's see, this was, uh, this was what he said on the March for Life, folks. It's all part of the last few weeks. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. Now, you know, um, Nancy Pelosi, of course, she wasn't there. I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I, apparently she goes to some church or another, but I'll tell you this, as far as unborn children is concerned, she has had a record that cannot be erased. She says, kill them. I mean, it's just a fact. If somebody wants to dispute that, I'd be glad to enter into a discussion on it. So there's no doubt about that. So those who are sitting on their hands and those who are now on television saying, well, we don't like this about him. We don't like that about him. we got to get rid of this president, so on, so on, so on. Are they looking at the facts and then dealing with the facts, dealing with the fact that he keeps his promise? Think of the Supreme Court, folks. Think of the federal court system, folks. What is he doing? And the more he does what he said he would do, the angrier they get. But what is your choice? What are you doing about it? In your church is the shepherd leading the sheep to say we have the right to vote. But what do we vote for? And what do we stand for? And what is important to be a citizen? All right, now here's the next one. For 47 years, Americans of all backgrounds have traveled from across the country to stand for life. And today, as President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. (laughs) That was the March for Life. All right, now, Rich, I wonder how many people are listening know anything about the Tuskegee Airmen. Oh, yeah. Folks, the Tuskegee Airmen were the black aviators that had to form their own division because they weren't accepted. They were, they were kind of given a token. It was, uh, it was wonderful. They were wonderful, wonderful flyers. This was in World War II. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is this is Jim Crow days. This mm-hmm. is this is separation. Yeah, Tuskegee, Alabama. That's exactly. Now, this is what this president did to honor one of the surviving Tuskegee uh, flyers. Airman. In the gallery tonight, we have a 
young gentleman and what he wants so badly, 13 years old, Ian Lonfay. He's an eighth grader from Arizona. Ian, please stand up. Ian has always dreamed of going to space. He was the first in his class and among the youngest at an aviation academy. He aspires to go to the Air Force Academy and then he has his eye on the Space Force. As Ian says, most people look up at space. I want to look down on the world. <laughs> But sitting behind Ian tonight is his greatest hero of them all. Charles McGee was born in Cleveland, Ohio, one century ago. Charles is one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen, the first black fighter pilots, and he also happens to be Ian's great-grandfather. Incredible story. After more than 130 combat missions in World War II, he came back home to a country still struggling for civil rights and went on to serve America in Korea and Vietnam. On December 7th, Charles celebrated his 100th birthday. A few weeks ago, I signed a bill promoting Charles McGee to Brigadier General. And earlier today, I pinned the stars on his shoulders in the Oval Office. General McGee, our nation salutes you. Thank you, sir. Now listen, folks. Those that have been watching State of the Union speeches and addresses for years can you remember a time when examples and people were honored and, uh, and given credit for what they did? I'm telling you, this is what a leader does. You, you, uh, you salute people. You, you honor people. You thank them for what they do as Americans. As Americans. I think Pre President Ronald Reagan was the first one to do that. And uh, the other night, President Trump did that to such a tremendous effect. And that made a lot of people angry. Yes. Can you imagine, can you imagine the Speaker of the House of Representatives literally in front of the cameras tore up the speech? On national tel now, television. I'll tell you, I was watching everything. Of course, I'm an old guy then. I have, I have an eagle eye out. So I see it all and I do a lot of thinking and I do a lot of remembering. Now here is a veteran. Here's a veteran. Here's a veteran that served his country really well. Opportunity zones are helping Americans like Army veteran Tony Rankins from Cincinnati, Ohio. After struggling with drug addiction, Tony lost his job, his house, and his family. He was homeless. But then Tony found a construction company that invests in opportunity zones. He is now a top tradesman drug-free, reunited with his family, and he is here tonight. Tony, keep up the great work, Tony. Now, don't we know that everyone deserves a second chance? And I'm telling you,
a lot of people who do things wrong and they pay a price and so on and so forth, but then are we helping them? Uh, use the Lord Jesus Christ as your example to help those, to care about those, to love those, and to redeem them and get them back up and moving along. And that's what he was doing. He was using that as an example to the rest of us to pull our socks up and get on with the progress of serving the Lord by serving people. As Americans, this should be what we all are committed to. Now, here's one more, Townsend Williams. War places a heavy burden on our nation's extraordinary military families, especially spouses like Amy Williams from Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and her two children, six-year-old Eliana and three-year-old Rowan. Amy works full-time and volunteers countless hours helping other military families. For the past seven months, she has done it all while her husband, Sergeant First Class Townsend Williams, is in Afghanistan on his fourth deployment in the Middle East. Amy's kids haven't seen their father's face in many months. Amy, your family's sacrifice makes it possible for all of our families to live in safety and in peace and we want to thank you. Thank you, Amy. But Amy, there is one more thing. Tonight, we have a very special surprise. I am thrilled to inform you that your husband is back from deployment. He is here with us tonight, and we couldn't keep him waiting any longer. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Did that lift your spirits, Rich? Oh, it sure did. Did it and make that, you smile? And that mother was telling the littlest of her two boys, this is your father. Yeah, yeah. What's the number if our listeners want to call our listener company? We would on? love to hear from the listeners. And the number to call, folks, is 1-800-345-2621. Yeah. Give us a call. Tell us what you think. 1-800-345-2621. Rich, you remember several years ago, there was an organization that started up across America called Promise Keepers. Promise Keepers, that was to encourage husbands, that was to encourage fathers to keep their promise. When they say something, don't break their word. And that's what this is all about. And I thank God that God has allowed us to have Bot Radio Network where we could bring this dimension this side of the story to our listening audience. This is Dick Bott with my son Rich on this chapter of The Complete Story. We'll see you later. 